What is up, wilderness? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to episode number seven. Seven? Lucky, lucky number seven mm. for uh, episode for, for uh, the Hockey Wilderness Podcast. I don't even know what I'm saying. No. Where I'm are just, we? Who are we? We don't know. What are we? This entire, yeah, what, this entire thing. Folks, I'm running on minimal sleep. So you're getting a very loopy version of the typical uh, Ryan Quigley tonight. And speaking of which, yes, I am your host, Ryan Quigley. You can find me on Twitter at RP underscore Quigs. Joining me, as always, is the uh, the wonderful at Lindsey Brown 35. Hello, greetings. Lindsey, it's been a while since we did our last podcast. It's been just a because while. It's been a, it's been a while. Oh, enough singing for so, me. Uh, oh, my and, God. And then, uh, so, I mean, it's been the holidays. We've had the, you know. Yes, it's more more because I've been, uh, I've had family in town the last couple of weeks. So my schedule has been pretty packed, but I'm glad to be back here with you and trying to, you know, make sense of the Minnesota <laughs> Wild that have, I don't know, I can't. just turned the biggest turn you like could turn. three weeks ago, yep. I wrote an article saying, ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Wild are the worst team in hockey. Literally, uh-huh. according to the standings, the worst team in hockey. Yeah, and they were playing like ago. it. They was, were, yeah, yeah, they were playing like it. That mm-hmm. was three weeks ago, and now they're in a playoff spot. And I'm just like, I don't know what to think about any of this. It's The whole thing is crazy. Um, folks, so today, what day even is it? It is the, December it is 7th. The 7th. How crazy is that? It's December 7th, and this is the 7th episode of the Hockey Wilderness Podcast. Yes, and it's also Pearl Harbor Day. Is it really? Well, that's what December 7th is. <laughs> I, did not know, I don't know yeah. why I'm laughing. Shout out to all of our World War II vets out there. Yeah, shout out to all of you. My Thank granddad, you. He's, a, he's a World War II vet. Fun fact, uh, he was on a ship one time, as folks in the Navy do. Yes. And uh, they got <laughs> torpedoed. Really? Yeah, you live. No shit. Yeah, pretty crazy. I don't even know if it was World War II, honestly. I think it might have been Okay. Else. Well, my, my <laughs> grandparents are in World War II, and obviously shout out to all those vets and all that they do and all people who are currently serving for us today as we speak. That's right. You guys rock. Yes. Uh, and I'll tell, you who, I'll tell you who else rocks all of a sudden. The Minnesota Wild. Folks, 11-game point streak. Uh, we are coming to you. It just ended. They just lost to Carolina Hurricanes, and it was- They're a good was, team, though. It wasn't pretty. It was not pretty. It was 6-2. to two. But you know what, guys? I'm not gonna. I'm really not gonna slam the Wild too much for this loss because let's think about it. They're on a three-game road trip. They've played a lot on the road this season so far. Have they? Ton. No. <laughs> like, I don't think they've even played a home game yet. They don't even know where their home rink is. They don't know what city they yeah, even play for. The ice isn't even there. Yeah, and so it was the third game of their of their three-game road trip. This is a really, really good, fast Wild team. And you know what? If they just kind of ran out of gas in the third period, which it looked like they did tonight. Um, I can't really fault them for it. It happens to the best teams. You know, yeah. you're not going to win every single game. This was just not their night, I feel like. Well, and the Hurricanes are dealing with a lot of momentum uh, uh, behind their franchise right now. They've really taken from last year, and I, I was worried that they weren't going to take advantage of that momentum that they generated as they snuck into the playoffs with a really strong second half, and they just seem to have picked up right where they left off right. and find themselves in the top three of that Atlantic division, which is incredibly, incredibly competitive as it is. And really, yeah, the Eastern Conference in general? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like this year there it's truly anybody can win. Outside right. of, like, Washington, 
there's really nobody that I feel is is unbeatable, and that's the great thing about the yeah. NHL and and the parity of this league. And and you're seeing some teams like the Carolina Hurricanes, like the Arizona Coyotes, mm-hmm. uh, like it's the Florida so good Panthers. To see the Coyotes doing this, right? And, it's to, and so seeing good. those those teams that have been kind of struggling over the last decade finally start to. Uh, get some positive momentum and and play well against uh, the teams that have been beating up on them for years. And the Wild are kind of doing that all in the last three weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, they've kind of hit, they've kind of, you know, touched on all the bases. They started off the season looking like the worst team possibly ever in any right. sport. And then possibly now, ever and in now, sport. And now they just, just complete embarrassment. Bad news bears had nothing on this right. team. And now God. they're just going on this tear. And I know it's over now, technically, but. I mean, once they start stringing together losses like they were previously, mm-hmm. I- I'm going to just continue to assume that this is uh, not 11-game point streak wild, but, like, consistently competitive wild. You know what I mean? Like, that's the team they've been recently. and It's crazy what confidence does for your game, isn't it? Right. Oh, my God. All right. Can we just get into this right? Speaking of confidence. Mm-hmm. Zach Parisi, man, mm-hmm. he's been nuts. And we were talking, I listened to our previous podcast. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Zach Parisi. I was saying, put him out there on three on three. And you were like, how many goals has he scored this year? And I didn't even, I think at the time it was like four mm-hmm. or five or something. That he, what did you just do? Don't worry, just, just move along, move along. So Lindsay's eating some Chinese food. No, I'm not. And she just, she had a whole mouthful of something she just I had sesame chicken spit it out you know when you eat in the sesame chicken and there's like a little piece of fat in there and it just ruins your entire bite honestly that I can understand retweet yeah no that's a big retweet I would would Zach Parisi he's finally being Zach Parisi again Mm -hmm. like I just it's so good and it's not just him either it's Kevin Fiala it's it's really it's it's the geek line the geek line is all I hear about the geek squad Mm -hmm. like half the team is all of a sudden Becoming confident. Yule Erickson Eck is the new is the the second incarnation of Patrice Bergeron. I hear. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Like just how difficult uh, he is to play? Yes, against? <laughs> and he's just a two hundred foot player, and that's right. why that's why I'm like I'm very glad that the point streak is happening. That they're they are playing competitively and are holding a playoff spot as we speak. But let's pump the brakes a little bit here too. Like this is a, as quickly as this turned around, it could go back just as quick, and it's great. The young guys are 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 doing well. We're seeing them reach levels of their game that we have not previously seen. That's awesome. But let's let's just chill out a little bit. Let's try to stay. Never get too high. Never get too low. You just got to keep you can't playing with this your team. game. You can't with this right. team. Right. Mean- and, and you are seeing great things, but you also have to be realistic. And, you know, you're going to have games against a team like Carolina, but sometimes you got to be able to close yeah, those things out. Honestly. But you know what? Considering the tear they've been on, I will give this give them this game and – it should be interesting to see how they start playing uh, down the stretch here, at least through the Christmas break. Now they get some more home games. They have time and space to start capitalizing on all this right. momentum. But when you play at home, with all the great things that come with it, there are some drawbacks as well. It means you have distractions with family. Yeah, yeah. You, but- it's the Christmas season. It's it's snowing in Minnesota, so uh, you know driving gets a little bit crazier. <laughs> you know, it just gets a little bit more hectic, but... It's not like they're they're not professionals. They haven't been able to deal with it before. Right. So back to Parisi real quick, just because I feel like he's earned a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of praise for sure. what he's been doing. First month of the season, October, he had three points the whole month. Mm-hmm. All of them are goals, so that's nice and good. But I mean, three points is horrible for him. Yes. And so now he has, I believe it's uh, how many is it? Seventeen. Yeah, twelve goals, five assists, seventeen points. 
and he's just really during t- this eleven game streak, or not during the eleven, but, but like still, that's fifteen, yeah. right? I mean, he's been putting it together. Right. Like he's really been. I mean, he he's looking like himself again, and I feel like the whole team just needed to regain that confidence. Kevin Fiala, he's all of a sudden looking like looking like Predators Kevin Fiala, if not better than the Kevin Fiala we saw in in Nashville. So right, like there's a whole lot to like what's going on right now. I know there's a the whole crowd of let's tank guys. I was on that. I was with you. I'm still on it. I was on the bandwagon, and honestly, I was. I might be too. Yeah. If they started losing every game from this point on, yep. I would I don't think I would care that much just because it wouldn't be bad for them to start tanking. It wouldn't. No, and it's not bad that they're in playoff contention it's, right now too. Exactly. It just, it's fun. It's fun. But honestly, if they t- like you said, I'd be totally okay if they reverted back to whatever they were right. and they end up going back to the bottom of the standings. But if they have the ability and the talent to capitalize on whatever they've built up here and and hopefully can carry them through the season, why not give it another try? Right. But when earlier in the season when they were playing like dog shit, we were like, yeah, let's just let this be dog shit. Yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. just let it move on. But now it's turned into fertilizer. <laughs> now photosynthesis is happening. Some, maybe some flowers yes, will be some growing. Yes, flowers are growing or you're, you're seeing tulips. a symbiotic so, relationship. Maybe some pansies will grow. Pansies, correct. <laughs> maybe a couple tulips. Yes. You know, whatever. Yeah. But but that's the thing. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, though. If they get to the point where it's just like they barely miss the playoffs, then I, yeah. all of you have the right to, like, throw things at XL Energies. <laughs> like, I mean, and that's what they usually do. That's pretty much the story of the Minnesota Wild, except some, most years they are able to sneak into the playoffs. Recently only to they be, have been. Right, yeah. only to be dispatched quickly in the first round. And so that's what you want. You want your team to either be really bad or you want your team to be really good. because. Right. When you're picking 16, 17, 18, that's not going to do much for you. And even if you want to move up, that's that 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 pick is usually included in the trade package. Most teams aren't going to be looking to do deals with middling round picks. Right, right. And you know? see, that's the thing. I feel like like a lot of people realize, hey, like cool if we contend, but like <clears throat> we know we're not going to be able to contend for much longer just Correct. because of the age of the team. You got Ryan. So- oh God, he didn't. He did not look great against Carolina. Like what happened? He just he had a really really ugly turnover. I think it was in like the second period that resulted in a goal. Uh, Must happen. Um, but I mean, he just he just doesn't. And there was another point. I believe it was on the power play. Someone sent him a nice easy pass. I mean, so easy to catch this puck at the blue line. It, right. it wasn't like he was on the edge or anything, and it just went right past. And it's so ugh. with that in mind, winning winning has a tendency to cover up some blemishes in your game or your team. Right. So there's a lot of people playing well on this team. Zach Crazy, we talked about the geek line. Other than Ryan Suter, is there anybody else on this squad who is not really con- who is still having trouble c- contributing? Who's really kind of weighing the team down at all? Because you're watching it a lot more closely than I am. Right, right. Is there anybody that's not performing well still on the Wild squad over the over the last mm, two weeks or so? You could point at Victor Rask. I feel like he has been. Is getting- he top six? What was that? He's in the top six, isn't he? Uh, he's fourth line. Oh, well. yeah. I thought I read on Twitter that he that's that he was going back to Carolina as part of the top six. Maybe he was filling in for Koivu because Koivu's hurt. Yes, you're right. You're but, right. You're um, right. You're absolutely right. And folks, if you're uh, if you're listening to this and he's still not back, um, it's from what I understand, it's supposed to be a pretty minor injury. So um, right. he should be back pretty soon. So no need to sweat it too much. Um, but yeah, like I know he has gotten a couple of goals recently, and I don't know. I just. He has a tendency to be opportunistic of other people's he's mishappenings. Just, he's just so incredibly invisible. Yes. Like, unless he either, he either, like, when he scores, that's, I mean, that's a good time to show up, but 
he rarely does that. Right. And all the other times, I straight up don't know that he's playing. But he's getting limited ice time. You don't put the fourth line out there to, to uh, sustain offensive pressure at, at the same time, too. But that's but, the thing. If it's but, a good team, you do. Correct. Correct. You know? Correct. He, and, but he's not he's not taking any upper, he's not taking advantage of all the opportunities of, that he does have. But right. once in a while, he'll surprise you. Yeah. Which is what you're looking at. That's fourth line hockey. Right. Well, you know who has surprised me a little bit? I, he's still not, I don't think he's even close to what people are hoping he could be. But Ryan Donato has been doing some things recently. Yeah. How, goals. What, what's the deal with him? Because now that you, you're seeing Greenway, you're seeing Cunnan, you're seeing uh, Erickson Eck, Donato has really still haven't, fi- he, he's still having some trouble figuring everything out, right? Yeah. Like, He's so, still young, though. Remember that, that report that came out from the Ottawa Sun saying, like, oh, Donato, Fiala, and Erickson Eck are all, like, yeah. you know, in trade talk or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, Like, now I don't think there's any possible way they trade Erickson Eck or Fiala. I, if they're going to trade anybody, Donato's probably the guy I feel like they end up. Well, probably. it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to get some good assets in return, sometimes you have to give away good assets to get them back. He has, believe it or not, five points in his last seven games. So well, he, he has gotten better. But still, I feel like I'd like to see a little more from him. And maybe it's just because he is on the fourth line. Maybe if he was on a line with Azu- – and I'm not suggesting they, the Wild should do this, but maybe if he was on a line with Zuccarello or right. a really good playmaker, then maybe we'd start to see some more point production out of him. But, right. you got to earn your stripes. Right. you got to play better. you got to give coach a reason to disrupt the lines and, yeah. and to whatever chemistry. To, if, if you're playing that well, that's that's an easy decision to make. Yeah. And right now, I don't see a reason why you would want to disrupt those lines because right. you got the Geek Squad. I love that line. Yep. And honestly, I think I think like 80% of it is me just loving the name of the line. Well, and you know how perfectly this all sets up because Best Buy is headquartered in Minnesota. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So, Damn, that's If awesome. anybody hasn't figured that out yet, <laughs> I'm awesome. just saying. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think, I think you want to keep that top line – Together with, uh, you know, Koivu, Fiala, uh, yeah. or excuse me, um, I believe it's Koivu, Fiala. I- I'm getting all the lines mixed up. I know Zuccarello, Zucker. Um, End of the day, Donato's not playing well yeah. enough for him to be considered a top nine forward. No. Straight not- up. Yeah, and he, but he's still, he's making improvements. He's doing, so he's this starting is what to get he going. This is what he needs right now. He needs to be right. just slowly getting because himself back he's into he's not the playing better than the guys in front of him. So you can't move people up if they're not playing better than the guys in front right, of him. Straight right. up. I will say one player who hasn't been great, mm. and I mean, he's. I'm just. It's Dumba. Dumba hasn't yeah, been there, fantastic. There's a lot of people seemingly uh, jumping off the Dumba bandwagon should, this should year. Should we be isn't concerned? There? I've never personally been a, as big of a fan uh, of his game as a lot of other people, and that's not saying that I don't think he's a he's a very capable and and uh, and has potential in this league as a defenseman, but. He's an offensive minded to to a fault in a lot of ways. And and as he matures, maybe as he gets later into his twenties, his decision making will get a little bit better. But he has such uh, a tendency to pinch at the inopportune times that lead to odd man rushes or pinching a little bit too high in the defensive zone where he doesn't really fully grasp his gap control of being like, 
do I have bodies back to take this type of this type of pinch this high in the zone? Because yeah. if you take it too high, and then he beats you, and and his his teammate or and another guy sneaks behind you, then you're looking at a three on one in zone. You know what I mean? Oh my God! Against Tampa, he had a pretty bad gaffe where it turned into a goal, yeah, and then yeah. luckily the Wild came right back right. and scored immediately. So no, he he's just not he's not going to be a Ryan Suter defensively. He's just not. But that's why you need him paired with another very defensive minded but maybe closely just as dynamic uh, defensive partner because you need someone who can make up ground should Dumba take those bad pinches or decisions. Right. But sometimes you can't you, – sometimes that his partner isn't playing that well either. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Guess how many points he has in his last 10 games? One. Zero points. Mm. Zero. And he's, is he still seeing power play time? Yes. It, it, that's a problem. I, I don't. You all. Yes, that's an issue. I thought you were saying him seeing power play time was an issue. I'm like, uh, no, I don't no, know no, about no, that. No, no, no. Him not scoring on the Correct. power play though, that is an issue, especially for this being a guy saying, "Hey, I'm going to be like one of the first defensemen in forever to score 30 goals." Yeah, like, correct. Like, this is what you're getting paid for. He has this nine is what points you this yourself. Season. I don't understand. Yeah. What's his deal? Is he missing the net? Is he not getting pucks through? I just, I don't even notice him a lot. Huh. He's. I just feel like he hasn't been the typical Matt Dumba this season. Maybe, maybe some of it has to do with. I'm not suggesting that this is it. I don't know. Maybe there's some lingering effects from last season's injury. There's definitely that. There, there's definitely a relearning how to play with your new body, even yeah. though it's only one part of it that was injured. There's just a different feeling getting right. recomfortable and reacclimated in your own skin. Yeah, and I just feel like I, I feel like there's a lot more to being, you know, left be, on the table. Right. You know, I think we should be seeing more from Matt Dumba. This is a guy who. I feel like many a couple of years ago, many were saying was going to be the face of the franchise, and yeah, well, now it's it's not looking quite like that. Especially for a team like the Wild that generates a lot of their offense through their the defensemen. Defense, yeah, yeah. So and 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 did has done so over the past few seasons, and he was a huge part of that before he got injured last year. But yeah, you you def I'm sure that he's that he's having conversations and they're trying to figure it out because you need him to be equally as lethal especially when you have him on the power play because if he's not producing on offense as I just highlighted two minutes ago he's not really there for his defense so he has to be good at what he's meant to be good at and that's when you need to capitalize and if he's not doing it he needs to be moved off the power play and crazy enough he has only of his nine points this season he has three power play points right just three unacceptable he I mean you maybe you do kind of give him a kick in the ass and say hey like yeah, we're taking you off. Or just the power take play something off his plate. Just say, say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put like Susie on the power play. He's been playing really well lately. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd put him on the power play. But well, whatever. Something. But but, but what Do I'm something. saying is yeah. like moving around. And say, hey, Matt, let's just focus on getting you back to producing five on five, or at least maybe playing a little bit better defensively. And then the right. offensive points will come. And then once you start getting that confidence back, then we'll put you back on the power play. But right now, you're not the best option. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're, that's set in stone. Mm-hmm. But for right now, we want to ride this wave. And right now. Your paddling skills on your surfboard are just not going to make it. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And well, th- this kind of this really segues pretty good into our next topic here. You're welcome. I, you talk about confidence. See the position that is so driven by confidence. Mm-hmm. The goaltenders. Ah, yes. The Semi- goaltenders. Semi-familiar. So, you know this obviously because you played goalie, you played collegiate hockey, all-American player. Okay. Um, <laughs> you you were what? Yeah, I was, but all right. And so you understand firsthand just how much confidence goes into it. Mm-hmm. We've seen some much improved goaltending from the Minnesota Wild recently. Oh, I couldn't have gotten much worse. You're right. They were so bad to start the season. Yep. But Alex Stalock is playing pretty well. Let's not let's not get it, you know, 
uh, twisted. He's not putting up any Vezina numbers. He's not going to be taking home any hardware at the NHL right. awards or anything like but that. But he's holding down the fort. He's holding down the fort. And he's giving you a chance to win. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's giving you a chance. To, like, what do you think could be – do you think – well, let me say this. For those of you who don't know, Devin Dubnik has been out for a little while. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because uh, his wife is going through um, some health issues right now that are – quite serious from what i understand right we don't know exactly what those are doesn't matter what those are and i believe he has at least three boys yes if not more i think he. i mean he, he has a family to take care of right that's what's more important. and if mom's not there and he obviously needs to support his wife and support his family yeah. and, and and be able to deal with this there are bigger things than hockey yeah like honestly when this is going on like who the fuck cares yeah really honestly. who cares so, honestly um no so he's gone that's why he's gone i've seen some people online who you know, might be saying, like, where's where's Dubnik or whatever. Yep, That's fair where enough. he is. Um, and so I think Stalock has been playing pretty well in his absence. Um, just based off of your history, you've been following this team for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean, what do you think of Stalock getting this? And do you think that there could be a real goalie controversy here? Well, I think there is, at least in this season, I don't think you can argue it otherwise. And that has uh, nothing to do with the fact that Devin has had to take some time away from the team because before that happened, he wasn't playing well. And it's okay. Like it, it's it's this happens, and and thing, it, things you have to you have to deal with whatever team that you're dealing with, and and who's having a good year and who's having a bad year. And Devin should focus on that. And you got to worry. You got to yeah. you got to wonder how much of this personal stuff Absolute, was weighing on him absolutely, early in the season. Absolutely, absolutely. Because as much as as the coaches and 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 ourselves as we try to tell ourselves. We leave, when we're at the rink, we leave the other stuff outside. There are things that just straight up supersede that. You can't – it's so – goalie, you don't talk to people. You talk to yourself. It's a very right. solitary and very individualistic position where you have to – just as much as it's important to learn how to butterfly slide correctly, it's, it's equally important to learn how to deal with – thoughts coming into your head and whether or not you should grab onto them and for some of for some of our listeners it's gonna be a very weird thing to hear and kind of sit with but you have thoughts that run through your head all the time but it's your choice whether or not you go after that thought and 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 basically grab and say oh I had a thought that saying that oh I'm not playing well I'm not feeling very confident today instead of letting that go sometimes you start reading into it you're like you're right I'm not playing confident today I had I, I gave up this rebound here and then this rebound here and then that goal was here and then it spirals and it goes. That's just as that's the most important part about goaltending. And Alex Stalock is one of those goaltenders that is so athletic and just so raw. And that's what kind of plagued him in his early career when he was drafted by the Sharks. He was supposed to be that was what Marty Jones's position. Marty Jones's contract was supposed to be Alex Stalock's. Like they had a mm. lot of faith in him uh, ascending to that starting goaltending position after uh, Andy Niemi left the team after winning a couple of Chicago and yeah. I think was at 09. But Alex Stalock is an athletic goaltender and he's undersized. And obviously Devin Dubnik is a very tall goalie and very much like block and rebound type of guy. Yeah. So it's a very different dynamic and a very different defensive mindset for the defenseman when Alex Stalock is playing. But when he's playing well, when he's making those athletic saves, when he's able to go cross crease and get those one timers, yeah. he uh, we saw he, it. He those types of goalies. I liken him to uh, to Jonathan Quick, and he's not Jonathan Quick by any yeah, means. But very few people but their style is similar. Where if you get them going, if they start to get a little bit of confidence, 
they're going to steal that game and they're going to make saves that you're just like, holy shit, I've never seen anything like it because they're just, they're throwing every body part plus the kitchen sink in front of the puck. Right. And I mean, we've seen him play like yes. this many times throughout yes. this 11 game points. Now, I mean, was he, were there some goals that he should have had that he gave up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's with every goalie. Um, but you know what? I mean, he's the only goalie on this team that has a shot at this season. So, yeah. I mean, and, and the young guy, uh, what's the, I was it? about to say, Kappa. Capo Kako? Who cares about yeah, him? Yeah, we got the Kakanen. We got Capo Kakanen. Made what, 44 saves in his debut? Something like that? <laughs> something Just nuts. a casual he, heavy lift? He broke like the rookie record. Yeah, son of a bitch. Franchise history. And so, like, and did you see the second game? No. He tried to get a goalie goal. Oh, yes, yes. Hilarious. <laughs> what? But that's huge oh. for him. And he's obviously been in Iowa and in the uh, in the Minnesota Wilds organization for a while. And right. And he's kind of one of those guys that's that's been tapped as the next starting goal goaltender once he, Devin he, Dubnik kind of goes out. He's 23. He's, he's he's 23. He's at the age where now this is where young goalies start to well, come on Still a little in. early. Still a little he's early. He's still young, but, but it is so huge for his development and and his career for him to have the start. And I know it's one game. You're like it's his first game, but to get into the NHL as a young goaltender and have that type of performance to have like four, 40 odd saves that's huge. It's not like a 17 of 18 where you weren't really needed. He was needed in that game, and he needed to stand tall, and then they won, right? Yes, for they've so he's played two games this season. They won both. Yes, he made forty six saves in the last game. Huge for your confidence. Yeah. Huge for that to happen in your first two games. I mean, and the organization it, because he's going to feel it on the inside, and the organization's going to reflect that back, and that's going to help him grow and help him go to the rink with the vigor and and the and the want to be better and improve that he wouldn't. I mean, he I'm sure he works hard otherwise, but mm. there's just a different edge when you're playing while you're like, hell yeah, I want to go to the rink. I want to get better because I'm already playing really well. Let's widen that gap between me and my competition. And then I believe it was against New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey was his first start. The Wild kind of got a an early lead for him. And that's, right. just, that's a lot for a young goalie when it's just like, Hell yeah, we you know we got a lead. Like yeah. you know, it, it's just it it's a whole different game once it's, you know that you're a couple goals ahead. It's a lot harder to play a game in which you only see twelve shots than it is to play a game when you see forty. I'll yeah. just say that. Do you think this? I mean, I know it's two games. Like really, this is the. I mean, that is nothing almost. But we did see a lot of great stuff from him. Do you think? I mean, this is a good sign for him going forward. Do you think yeah. he could be maybe someone who? Comes on in and eventually takes over as a starter one day? I, I, I don't see why not based off of what we've seen so far. It's just that it's always what you've done already, that's done. You have to do this every day. And this is what learning how to be a professional hockey player. And I don't know because I'm not a professional hockey player. But it felt like it when I was in college. And it's yeah. not so much when it's not about the game. It's not about performance game because it's easy to get pumped for the game. It's easy to get up and be like, I'm ready to go and play. It's about the morning after that game that I'm going to go in early and go watch tape and I'm going to talk to coach. And even though I played really well last night, I want him to rip my ass apart and tell me what I did wrong on this save and this save. And then know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go, I'm going to do my stretching. I'm going to get some stim from the trainers. I'm going to do some hand-eye coordination, maybe some stick handling. And you do that over and over and over. And oh yeah, then you go on the ice and practice. And then you have that same shit, same mentality for every rep. You're going to work on your skating. You're going to work on your edge work. You're going to work on, that rebound control, and you have to do this over and over and over and have that. You want your life to be boring as a professional athlete when it comes to actually doing your job, and that's what most goalies look for, the consistency, the routine, because in your routine, that's where you find 
those half of percentage points that you can get better at that separate you from being just a regular old NHL goaltender to being one of uh, a potential generational or or at least for your generational talent. I think what gets me excited about Kakinen is just the fact that like he has such a good resume already. Mm-hmm. Like he comes from Finland. He's a Finnish netminder. Which he, is already it's an it's a B plus at least. Exactly. Finnish netminders. So you're you like, hell yeah. He, you know he's bring gonna be good. Bring them on in. And bring so, the Euros in. Bring them in. And so he played for Liga, or, or I don't even La know Liga. if that's how you pronounce it, but it's the top league over in, in yep. uh, Finland. And he was fantastic in 2017-18. He had a two twenty goal or uh, goals against yeah, goals yep, against you're right. Uh, I get them mixed up. It's I okay. Don't know I know why. it's intimidating when and you're talking goaltending with goalies. I, all it is is I just see the numbers, uh-huh. and my mind like computes numbers as if. If it's there's just a number gibberish. before the decimal point, it's usually a goals against average, exactly. unless you're yeah. having a come to Jesus season. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's got he had a uh, .922 save percentage. That's that pretty season. damn good. So I mean, and that's the top finish league. So that's pretty damn impressive. The Finns are pretty damn good at scoring goals too. The, I mean, they're just good at hockey in general. Mm-hmm. We're start. I think we're starting to see the Finns really establish themselves as like, if they weren't already like they are. If people aren't weren't realizing it already, top three hockey country. Oh, hundred percent. To me, they're, right it's now, them in Sweden. What was that them in Sweden? I don't, to me, right now, it's Canada, U.S., Finland. Sweden's up there too. Don't get me wrong, they're out there too, but I mean, Finland right, well, is... Well, now we're feeding into that rivalry. We don't want to feed into the hatred between the Finns and the Swedes. Yeah. I'm going to side with the Swedes, but I'm also like 60% Swedish, so... Are you really? I don't know. What tells you? The blonde hair or the blue eyes? I am very Irish. That I'm, doesn't shock me. I'm this quite, doesn't shock very many people. I'm quite tan. I'm a little tan. Well, I'm sure but I live you in have Los some, M- other, yeah. some other ethnicity to you besides the Irish. We're, none of us are pure born at this point i would think i think i'm uh we did a uh, what's that thing uh ancestry.com mm. and i think i'm like one percent iberian peninsula what does that even mean <laughs> where is that i don't See, even I mean, by the bridge when they passed over from russia over to alaska i think that's uh that would yeah. be uh that's a spain damn it what is that called it's like where spain and portugal are yep so that's the iberian peninsula crap now i'm gonna this thing bug me i'm not gonna be able to fi- remember what the what the peninsula like the bridge was the land bridge between Alaska and uh, Russia back in the day. I'm trying to remember too. Google, I can't remember it. but speaking of speaking of countries that don't typically pump out a whole lot of hockey, you know, um, talent. You going I guess. to Swiss? You going to Switzerland? We're going to Switzerland. Mm. Or excuse me, not Switzerland. We're going to Norway. Ah, and we're talking about the one, the only, Mister Matt Zuccarello. The king, the lizard king. The lizard king. The Why lizard is king. he the lizard king? Because he's the lizard king, and he can do anything. Okay. Do you get the reference from the Doors movie? Have you seen that? No. You haven't seen that? No. Great movie. You should check it out. I'll get right on it. Very good. I'll get right on it. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Uh, <clears throat> Zuccarello is another player who's really been turning it on over the last month or so. Um, he's currently he had a three point game the other night. Yeah, I that's mean that's the first yeah. time he had that all season. You can tell that he's definitely finally getting comfortable with his, his new surroundings and his new teammates. And let's not forget that he was injured for a good portion of the beginning of the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and dealing with that, it wasn't a long term one, but he missed a couple weeks. And you know, just because they're playing doesn't mean they don't still feel pain in that same injury. It just means that it's not going to get any worse, and they'll deal with the management otherwise. So it's great to see. 
Uh, I, I think you and I both outlined, like, we like Matt Zuccarello as a player. Yes. We don't like it that the contract, the contract that they signed yeah, him to. But we that's want, half the players but on that's the team. Half the, but, yeah, and, and, and you are paying him to basically have a good year this year and next year. And we'll deal with the rest when we get to it. But he, it's good to see that he's that he is playing well because it kind of seems the it kind of seems like as Zach started to play well, as, as Matt started to play well, the rest of the team starts to follow because those are your veteran leadership uh, players, uh, the ones that you count on to help break you out of the slumps that they were in. And uh, hopefully they can keep it going because it's it's a good thing, and they are definitely I I I'm sure as hell surprised as anybody else. It's 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 pretty crazy how much changes in two and a half weeks yeah and i feel like you know a lot of people can we were just doing it complaining about the contract and everything but you i feel like what's good about zuccarello is i feel like he plays a game that can continue he can still be good even when he gets into his later 30s just because he's so smart and he's such a good skater yeah he's a fantastic skater Mm -hmm. like and even if he slows down a bit because he's going to everyone does like He's so smart and he's, his vision's fantastic. Right. He's going. I feel like he will still continue to produce some good. The only way, and this is the same for Zach too. I, I think Matt's a better skater, but as long as they're they're not being gone after, the biggest thing that they have to fight against is p- the potential injury. You know, Zach deals with a lot of back problems because he spends a lot of his time in front of the net, and guys cross check him constantly. And so, when you're a smaller guy like that, you have a tendency to be tendency to be picked on. So as long as you can try to stay clean or at least have your your buddies on the team are a little bit bigger than you. Push some guys around; they should be fine. Uh, but yeah, that's their biggest thing. It's not so much you know what body breaking down; it's that the body's broken for you, right, and that it's right. the recovery that kind of does you in. Folks, we're going to take a quick, quick ad break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about two injured players on the Wild. We're going to talk about uh, Jared Spurgeon. Um, we are going to talk about Miko Koivu and his 1,000th game. Mm. Pretty uh, pretty electric way to finish off your 1,000th game. I'll say. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what is going on in the NHL right now. Because uh, there's quite a quite a few things that uh, might, might may or may not be in the headlines right now in the NHL. So uh, we'll be talking about all those things uh, when we come back from the break. And we're back for episode seven of the Hockey Wilderness Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Quigley, uh, and I'm also joined by Lindsey Brown. Hello. Find her on Twitter, at LindseyBrown35. Um, we were just about to talk about um, a couple injured players on the wild, but you know what I, I just realized? I didn't even ask you uh. how your Thanksgiving went. Oh, it was good. What did you do? It was good. Um, I had some of my family come down from Minnesota, my dad and then uh, my two sibling my two younger siblings, Maggie and Trent, and we uh they had never been to the strip. This is their first experience. Oh, my. So it was quite the weekend and it's been quite the couple of weeks. For so. those who don't know, we both live in Las Vegas. Yes. So uh obviously very authentic Minnesota Wild podcast here. Um I feel like I, I didn't have anybody come for uh, Thanksgiving this year, which yeah. is kind of a bummer. I was, I was, well, I'm I was sure you, that, man. you You just saw everyone at your brother's wedding. We, yeah, true. No, well, we had a little Friendsgiving thing, me yeah, and my friend. That's uh, the best. Becca. So we went out and, uh, her, her, uh, her boss actually invited us over to his place for Thanksgiving. So we go and we walk in. Turns out this was, a, it was, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. Had a great time. Turns out his house is like Noah's Ark. Where there's like two of every animal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there were like five dogs. That's funny. Like two cats. There was like three cages of of birds. 
And so we were in the, the rainforest, basically. Oh. Well, for... at least you had an authentic dinner. We went to Italy. Oh, did you pasta. really? Yeah. That's yeah. actually... That oh, I had great. fresh pasta. It was so freaking good. What we were going to do is just go to Golden Corral. Correct. <laughs> Which is the ultimate... Uh, trashy thing to do. This is the this is one this is the one thing that our generation actually is going to ruin because we just don't care <laughs> or like holidays and like making meals. There's zero percent chance I that most now. of us no like yeah. everybody's like people will do it for the bit. Why wouldn't you go to Thanksgiving yeah. at McDonald's? Like it's funny, you know. It's everybody else. We have our family with our homemade turkey and our stuffing that grandma's recipe you made from. The old country and brought it with. Ah, let's go to Outback Steakhouse, shall we? Fox News is going to have an entire segment. Are the millennials destroying Thanksgiving? We love destroying so many industries. We'll talk about it when we come back from the commercial break. Yes. Um, Jesus. Yeah. No, we're gonna we're gonna destroy Thanksgiving, Christmas. Oh man, it's it's a goner. Yeah. Like, there's Santa. no <laughs> Santa, buddy. See you later. You're you're gone. You need a gym membership, my friend. Yeah, dude, you better start. Santa's gonna have a six pack in twenty years just for marketing purposes. It's a Ken doll. It's Santa Ken doll. Have you seen like the Ken dolls? Yeah, and you get uh, who's the who's the lead guy who's in the good um in the good place and he was in Cheers, who's the bartender. Oh, I don't even. I've never. Ted, Ted, Dan, Ted, Ted, Ted should be Ted should be hot Santa. I I don't know. I don't get the reference. I forget his last name. It's yeah. like Ted Danza. I, people are probably going to be like, these kids literally know I've never We're not. very uncultured. He's like, he is one of the most. He got arrested with Jane Fonda like two weeks ago at uh, out of Washington, D.C. Oh, She gets really? arrested once a week there. It's hilarious. I, I haven't. I mean, I know the show Cheers. I never watched Ted an episode. Ted Danza. Ted Danza. Something like that. Ted. Yeah. Not I, the bear. I always just did. I I mean, I never had time to watch Cheers because I was too busy watching. It was Norman Fresh Cheers. Prince of Bel Air. Oh, correct. So like, was Philadelphia born and raised? Yeah, yeah. Fresh Carl- Prince. Carlton one time went to the dance, took some pills. It was not a great night. <laughs> he took the speed. Yeah. Don't oh do my that, god. Kids. Gotta love speed, guys. Interesting. Kids, if you're listening, I was podcast. Don't do this speed. is a hockey don't podcast. Do <laughs> Good um, God. So, all right. I guess we can talk a little bit now about uh, about these injured players. So we got- They got always- We've had a couple injuries, a couple, which is funny to say. We've had a lot of injuries so far this season for the Minnesota Wild. We've mm-hmm. had Matt Zuccarello go down. We've had Joel Eriksson-Eck go down. Is it Joel or Joel Eriksson-Eck? I like Yule. Because I or we should he's call him Swedish. Jewel. You should call him Jewel just for the just for the bit. I or I like Yule like Yule Log, Yule Eriksson Act. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I, it's one of those names. Yeah, well it's like a Swedish thing and you know how they say yo or whatever. Well, they say, they, it's the same thing with Brodeen. It was like Jonas Brodeen, Jonas. You know, uh, the yeah. J's are different in European in yeah. European languages. For him I say Jonas Brodeen. Yeah. Which I don't even know if that's true. But I call him Janus. <laughs> I hate you. So. I'm so loopy right now. I'm sorry. So, so basically, we have uh, Miko Koivu down with an injury. Oh, um, no. He basically uh, looks like it's a lower body injury. Should be fine. We mentioned this a little earlier in the pos- podcast. He should be okay. His leg. Um, My leg. <laughs> who knows? Really? Who? You really could, don't know. It could be. A t- it could, it's a lower body injury. Nobody saw it. No one. No, no one's. Like knows exactly where uh, he got okay. hurt. He could game. have like literally gotten slashed in the pulled, wrong part of the knee. He probably pulled something. Yeah, like, it, or it's a contusion. Yeah, some shit like so that. something like that. He's, he's fine. He's, he'll, he will be back. He's um, mean. He's fine. What we really want to talk about is his one thousandth game. Yeah, because that was awesome. That yes. was really just fantastic. It, so like, I came into the game, kind of, I was like, yeah, it's his one thousandth game. Like, it would be cool if he did something really awesome. Well, I'm especially not, for me, go to because like he gets so much shit. And I don't get like oh I've get I've ditched some of it like I get it he's older 
and he's the captain, so like I guess a lot of the blame on everything is just like, oh, we need yeah. more leadership from the yeah. captain and all that. And it's like, dude, do you really think that he's the problem? One dude is the problem? No. Like, it's not Koivu, let me no. tell you. So, Koivu, I, to me, I feel like he's been one of the best captains in the NHL over the last, I mean, I don't, I think there are like three or four longer tenured captains in hockey right now. Right. I can't think of any other ones that are, I, I mean, you got Crosby. Ovechkin, I'm pretty sure Ovechkin's been captain for longer than uh, Koivu. Um, yeah, most likely. I mean, Taves. Taves, I think he Taves, has been probably. Stamkos, probably. I don't think Stamkos has, actually. Oh, he might be young. He might be younger enough that he has been long, but he, he got the C at a relatively young age yeah, as yeah. well. Because with Crosby, they started giving out the, the Cs to second-year players. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's been a fantastic captain, and then in his 1,000th game, he had – the performance that really, it, it was a thing of beauty, the whole thing, because he comes out, um, I believe his goal was to uh, Kevin Fiala. Mm. Kevin Fiala. Um, he's down along the, I want to say he was on the goal line. Um, he got a feed from uh, Parisi from behind the net, and uh, he just kind of, you know, wrists a little a little pass toward Fiala, yeah. uh, who was kind of stationed right above the crease, and he just redirected it in for a goal. And nice. It, everyone was just losing their minds, and they're like, oh, my God, he got his 700 point in his 1,000th game. Was wasn't like, it a game winner? What was that? Wasn't it a game winner as well? That was not. That oh. was uh, that was just uh, an assist. But what was, what was the game winner was not only did the Minnesota Wild survive overtime. They didn't allow an overtime I know, goal. them and the Golden Knights, they're finally off the schneid, man. Um, amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they did it. They survived overtime. They forced a shootout. Um, we got a couple goals from both teams, and then Koivu comes up. And I'm just like, I wouldn't use him in the shootout, but you know what? Let's do it. It's his thousand game. Who cares? And so uh, it's his turn, and he just has like, just puts on a slick, slick backhand past uh, Ben Bishop. Mm-hmm. And it, it was beautiful. It was fantastic. And um, then Stalock ended up making the clutch save to to win the game. And it was just, it was beautiful. The whole thing was nice. really awesome. Um, you can't ask for a better storybook, I guess. I know that's no, a cliche. Other than it being at home. Yeah. And so, and it wasn't home. Oh, was it? It was in Minnesota, Oh, I'm thinking yeah. about his, his thousandth, thousandth game. His actual thousandth game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was at home. I thought it was away because they were going to celebrate it when they got back home. I don't know why they're doing that. They're no. doing. I believe they're doing that this week. It's this probably week. because they just schedule it because they know it's going to happen, and just based off of injury, you don't want to fly people in uh, just willy nilly. You know, if you don't know exactly what day it's going to happen, but it all works. Congrats. That was just really good to see him do. Honestly, I feel like we could agree. He, I, I'm not sure he should be back next season. Just because no. I feel like it's time for the Wild to refocus yeah, and no. just kind of re. He should not be on this team next season. They need that money. They, well, they need the money, yeah, but they also just. I feel like it's time that they just kind of reorganize their toolkit. You know what I mean? Right. I feel that's like they what need I mean. They need new... that money to go buy a new tool. And so um, that's what they need to do. If he honestly, if he were to come back, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad because I do think he plays a really important role in the locker room. Obviously, he wouldn't if he was the captain, or if he's the captain, he must. Um, and 
he's still a really good 200 foot player. He's a fantastic defensive center. So yep, no, I know he's not, not wrong. he's not like a 70 point, 60 point player like he was back in the day. If he's willing to take like a very, very low, like close to veterans minimum contract, then maybe I, I consider it. Right. But. And who knows? Maybe this could be his last go around. And he's like, you know what? I know this this franchise. It's going to be a while before we're like actually competitive again. So maybe he says, screw it, I'm going to retire. And then he seems like the kind of guy who would stick around and like, do things with I don't think to- so. I bet you he'll go back home. Most, most of the, the, fin and, the Finns and Swedes end up going back home. You don't think he would stick no. around and do things with the organization? Mm, no, I think he'll go home for a while. If anything, yeah. if anything, he'll be a European scout for them, or maybe work development right, for him. Right, right, yeah. But I think he'll want to go back to Finland. Even that, like something for the team. I feel like he would do something. Right. Just Sa- because. His brother went back, so Saku's back there. He's doing stuff for for whoever, and it's the same thing. But it's not a bad thing. He'll still be around. They come back over here all the time. But right, yeah. They have a tendency to go. Saku was here for the game. Yeah, the one thousand. Well, that, that's the whole point. So, um, I mean, I. I it would be it wouldn't be the worst thing if he came back just because he is so good playing a defensive game, but I do you know I think this should probably be. Well, it, they but. haven't. They don't have anybody else who can do what Koivu does, uh, and so if he does leave, they're going to need to figure out exactly by committee or by an individual. But nobody has has seen uh, has shown the ability to play as you said, two hundred feet as consistently as as Koivu does. But his game has drawbacks too. So it's yeah. just like anything else, right? Uh, second player that has an injury, his is a little more serious. Barely. Uh, bi- well, at first, all right, so it's Jared Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon was, he got hurt the other day blocking a uh, Alexander Barkov shot, hit him right in the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently, he was having trouble gripping his stick. He went directly off the ice right after Barkov, of course, scored a power play goal. Um, and so he goes off the ice, doesn't return to the game. Uh, Michael Russo of the Athletic reports after the game that a source told him that he may have a broken hand and that it's the type of broken hand that could cause him to be out of action for four to six weeks. Well, it's pretty much all breaks usually. That's, I mean, that would have been awful. Absolutely. Especially, well, it's not that bad. It's better than him tearing something. Right. But, I mean, you don't want to lose perhaps the team's best player. Oh, I, no. It's not perhaps. It's yeah. haps. He would, I mean. Just straight up haps. Losing him would yeah. be the worst. It would be absolutely terrible. And so. But he's just going to miss a couple weeks, though, right? It turns out it's only going to be a couple weeks long that he'll Maybe be out. Maybe it's a hairline fracture or something like that or so, dislocation. Yeah. We'll, we'll see just how long it actually is because sometimes teams say, oh, it'll be two weeks and then it ends up being three or something like that. Um but it depends it, on the hand too, because you and as defenseman, if you have, if you can, if his, I think he's left-handed. If it's his right yeah. hand, he's not gonna be able to play. If it's his left hand, he could come back earlier because defenseman, as long as you can poke check, as long as you can have your top hand on your stick, you can pretty much play. You're not gonna be able to shoot the puck, but they they've done it in playoffs. But if it's just a break, just let him heal up and just hope to. Hold oh no, he's a righty. So okay, so it would right. be his left hand. You don't want you want that one to be the clean, the non-injured one. But mm. if it's it, either way, you just whatever top hand of your stick, that's the one that controls your stick the most. That's the one that you don't want broken. How did you learn to handle the puck? Practicing a lot. Well, no, like I know, like when you were a kid, did anyone say like, "Hey, hold your stick this way"? Or hold actually, your stick yes. That way? When I was well, when oh, like for forward for like shooting. Yeah, because no, I I hold my I, I'm a righty shot. 
I'm a righty shot too. But, um, but in Canada, everyone's a lefty shot because they're told some. Yeah, there is something. There is some of what of an element that you're told like hockey players are left-handed. But then you see the shortage of right-handed defensemen and how much they get paid and how important they are. You right. just do with it depends on your coach, depends on your parents. Sometimes parents make their kids be a different hand. You know, they used to slide. They in school they used to hit your hands with rulers if you wrote left-handed. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same type of thing. But I'm right-handed shooting, but I was left-handed for goalie, so I can do both. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I just yeah. randomly thought about that just because everyone always makes a big deal out yeah. of, of right-handed defensemen. It's, How, it's usually there's whatever. A wage, it's there's usually, a wage gap. Whatever, <laughs> whatever hand you use or whatever way you swing a baseball bat or a golf club, it's usually the same way. But I've seen people who do opposite. And I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't make any yeah, sense Yeah, they're to freaks. Me. Yeah. They're but, loons. If yeah. you're listening to this and that's like you, you're crazy. Well, you're just very athletic. Yeah. <laughs> really, I'm just jealous you're of you is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like partially ambidextrous. I am not at all. That's but, okay. Um, so now I want to get to, yes, uh, Spurgeon, two weeks, should be back pretty soon. Uh, thank God. That's very good, especially for this wild team that uh, all of a sudden is in contention for the playoffs. So yep. uh, that's good for them. That's good for Spurgeon. Uh, now I want to get to the big thing. So... Let's just say it. Bill Peters. Yes. He's no longer the coach of the Calgary Flames. That he is not. It's a good thing that he's no longer the coach of the Calgary Flames. And uh, There's no room for that in this game. No. Straight up. Mike Babcock also shouldn't be the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Which he's not. Which he is not. And he shouldn't be the coach of any NHL team ever. Be better. That's it. We don't need to. We don't need to really go that deep in it because it's just straight up. It, it if you if you need to debate it, then you need to take a look in the mirror because mm. it's not about what you said. It's about how people perceive it. Perception is reality. That's what my. That's one of the biggest lessons my coach ever taught me in college. Is perception is because re- you think it's people are misreading it. Doesn't matter because it's being re- re- it's read how it's read. Right, folks. If you if you're not quite sure what we're referring to, uh, the. Former, now former head coach of the Calgary Flames, Bill Peters, um, was uh, accused of using racial slurs towards a black player that he uh, used to coach um, with the, I believe it was the Chicago Ice Hogs. Yes, the um, AHL affiliate of uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. At in the time, 2009 yeah. through 10. Yeah. Um, Akeem Alou was mm-hmm. the player who came out and said, yes, this happened. And it wasn't just him saying, like, yeah, this happened and there was no, no proof. No, it was corroborated. Multiple ple- pe- players came out and said, yeah, like, we were there. We yep. saw and heard Separately. the whole thing. Um, so it's not like this is a made-up thing. Then it comes out that he was hitting players and kicking players on the mm-hmm. bench. And not only was that not just accused, Rod fucking Brindamore comes out. And says, hey, He's the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes used to be an assistant coach when Bill Peters was there. Sarah Sivany of the uh, of the uh, Athletic asks, like, or uh, she reported basically on Twitter. Uh, he comes out during a press conference and says, um, "Guys, I know what you're going to ask. Uh, it's all true. Yeah, all of it. And yep. so, it's <laughs> guys. Hockey culture needs to change. In Lindsay." I, if you don't mind me asking. Yep. When you were in your playing days. Yep. Were there things that you wish were different in how hockey culture was for you? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. There, There's plenty. And it's a little bit different when you're dealing with, uh, if you're talking about hockey culture as a whole versus on, on, the, on the women's side or on the men's side right, and, right. and crossing over. There's definitely a lot of things 
um, that are specifically wrong with the girls' side. There's definitely things that are specifically wrong with the boys' sides, and there's things that cross over. You know, there are definitely some coaches where I won't say it, it was anything like that, but lines there have been lines crossed, and it's not. It depends on the coach because sometimes if they're an overall bad coach, this isn't like it. This doesn't come out of nowhere, and mm. you just kind of deal with it and you move on. But the problem is, and, and the issue that this really causes, and why this at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what it said because the coach is in a power position in the dynamic. They have power over the lives of their players, not just of of their playing time, but when you're talking about professional hockey players or when kids are growing up or, or in college, their livelihood. Like that's le- legit. Yeah. And so that's the problem. It's the word itself, the 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 feeling that that was that was evoked by Bill Peters and what he said. It the word is the problem, obviously. But yes, the, but yes. the problem is is that it's so isolating, and when you're not, and and I'm and I'm guessing it feels a, a lot because you can't stay step up and say something to him. Because if you step up and say something, you're to him, done. You're your done. hockey career. You're is done. done. And that's your coach. You say, you know what? Fuck you. Sit down. And guess what happened? Guess what happened when he spoke up? Like, or I guess uh, one day at practice, Peters went up to him and he said something, and right. he said, like, don't fucking talk to me. Right. And like, then guess what happens? He gets sent to the ECHL. Right. Exactly. Like if you were went up to your teacher and say their teacher was did something and you and you went up and reported it or went up and, and stood up to him and it, what what do you think is going to happen? Fail the class. You're going to fail the class like, or you're going to go to detention or or if you stood up back to your parents saying something. I had a couple of times where if I was I, I was jawing with one of my parents, my mom would be like you can't say that. You're getting your mouth washed out with soap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because at the yeah. end of the day, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to win an argument because I'm not the one in the power position. I think I still have the taste of, oh, of yeah. soap oh, in my yeah, mouth yeah, yeah, yeah. from oh, the yeah, amount yeah, of times yeah, yeah. I got, yeah. I got my oh, mouth yeah. washed out. And, and most of the time, it wasn't even for swearing. It was just because there is a certain amount of respect that needs to be put towards people in power positions. But when they take advantage of it, yes. like the way that Bill Peters did, they need to be removed from that position because that is literally manipulation. Yeah. That is not right. No matter what no matter what is said, done, whatever else, if you're taking advantage of people just because you have more power over them, that's wrong. I don't care. And it's Mike Babcock too. So yeah. for those of you who didn't hear, he basically pulled Mitch Marner one of now he's one of the most electric offensive players in the game. He pulled him aside in his rookie year and basically said, Hey, I want you to make a list for me. I want you to make a list of the hardest working players all the way down to the least hardest working players. And he did because his coach asked him to. And what he didn't know is that his coach told those players that he put, he listed them at the bottom of the list and they weren't even mad at Marner. They were like, Dude, why would you no, put this kid get in this because, position? Because yeah, that's just normal. That's just it's an asshole move to do as a coach. It's ridiculous, and the, anybody else put in any other position yeah. would do the exact same thing because he is Babcock was in the power position, and you, do, and you don't fight back, especially as a rookie. And then we're hearing stuff from uh, Chris Chelios. He was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Right. There's saying, a lot. Of, it's yeah. we are we are we are very likely ent- entering some sort of reckoning at least temporarily in in the game of hockey and if if you're scared if you're nervous about it if you're a coach or whatever everybody should take a look at how they coach and how they interact with people every day in general because we can all be better at it but especially if you're a hockey coach and I know that there's a lot of people involved in the hockey community back in Minnesota cuz I'm I'm one of you yep 
Yep. Just take a second and be like, am I interacting with my players correctly? Could I do this any better? Treat them like people. Well, That's it's, all but people I'm not saying do. that they're not. But even if you're the best coach of all time, there are improvements that you can make. There are ways that you can more effectively communicate and get right. more out of your players because let me tell you, they're not the same each and every year. People grow. Kids change. Mm-hmm. It's We are in a growing society in a very, very tumultuous time. Communicative. Or, or communicative I can't even talk Communicatively. Right Communicatively right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just take a look and 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 you just just remember that it's a game. People are trying their best oftentimes, and even when they're not, it's usually because there's a reason that that they're that they're not. So just treat everybody better. Treat how you would like to be treated. Grow up. Don't say shit to people. That shouldn't be said. Pretty simple. It's pretty simple. If you have to think twice about it, if you wouldn't say it in front of your mom or or, or your dad or your grandparents, don't say it to anybody. Grow up. Folks, that is just about all the time we have for episode seven of the Hockey Wilderness podcast. Uh, just a quick disclaimer. In a couple weeks, the Minnesota Wild are going to be here where we hold this podcast, where we record this podcast in Las Vegas. Woot woot. So that's a couple weeks away. Both me and Lindsay, we will both be in the press box for that game uh, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to have a whole lot of content for the Wild. Uh, I'll be in the locker room. I'll be doing all that fun stuff. So it uh, should be a really good time. Looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've been at a game at a T-Mobile Arena, so I'm looking forward to it for sure. Um, but until then, we were going to let you go for Episode 7. We will be back in the next week or so whenever we have free time because our, our schedules are just off the charts crazy. So, um, But we will be back very, very soon for Episode 8 of the Hockey Wilderness Podcast. Until next time, folks, stay wild.